This is the Truth Real Broadcast. I'm Troy, your host. And today I want to talk about spiritual warfare. Who can engage in spiritual warfare? Who cannot? What is spiritual warfare? Let's start with this. The pneuma, which means new man, which is the spirit man. By the rule or law of God, he has enlisted your pneuma in his army, which is your new man, your spiritual man. You must be in the spirit to engage in spiritual warfare. In other words, you cannot engage in this war in the natural. Impossibility. You must be in the spirit to engage in this kind of spirit, uh, this kind of warfare. Second Timothy 2, 3, 2, 3 through 4. I want to establish the fact that God calls us soldiers. We've been listed into this army. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There it is, good soldier. What are soldiers engaged in? War. What are they enlisted in? An army. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Who has enlisted us? God the Father has enlisted us in this warfare. He enlisted you in this warfare, sir. Man, if you're saved, if you're walking in salvation, you've been enlisted into the army of God. 1 Timothy 1.18 says this, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Do it good. Fight well. That's what God is saying. But what is warfare? In the Hebrew, it's defined as an army or war or warfare. In the Greek, it's defined as campaign, expedition, hence, or warfare. And by the way, the definition of campaign is a series of military operations intended to achieve a particular objective confined to a particular area involving a specified type of fighting. Well, the area, the area we are confined to is in the spiritual realm. And the specified type of fighting is spiritual. And we're going to find out what that is later. Let's talk about when and how the spiritual warfare start. Here's the answer. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. Listen to this. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst thou thy weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Satan wanted to be like God. Wanted to ascend above God. Wanted to take his platform. Take his throne. And you know what Satan did? He convinced a third of the angels to do it with him. And he got expedited out of the heavens. By the way, there's a different way that we do warfare now. In the in the in the Old Testament biblical times, in the, under the old agreement, this is how they conducted themselves. Joshua chapter 8, 24 to 26, when Israel had finished killing all the men, Ai in the fields and in the wilderness, where they had chased them, and when every one of them had been put to the sword. All the Israelites 
return. Hold on. All Israel returned to Ai and killed those men who were in it. 12,000 men and women fell that day. All the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back the hand that held out his javelin until he had destroyed all who lived. So what did I say? In though in, in Old Testament biblical times, under the old agreement, we fought with the sword. We fought in the physical. We fought in the natural. And it was supported by God because of the promise to protect Israel. But the point I want to make is, is that this is how we did warfare then. We did it in the natural. We did it with the sword. That's the way it was done. But we don't fight that way anymore. We don't fight in the natural anymore. God does give us a new rules to engagement. But anyway, listen, we need to understand who are we at war with? The devil. And let's just, I want to describe this devil. In John 8:44, he's a murderer from the beginning. In Genesis 3, 4:14, he's described as a serpent. In 1 Samuel 16:4, he's described as an evil spirit. In 1 Kings 16:4, he's a lion spirit. In 1 Chronicles 21:1, he's described as a tempter. In Job 1:6, he's described as Satan. In Matthew 4:1, he's described as a devil. And in Matthew 4.10, he's recognized as the accuser. In Matthew 12.24, he's also called Beelzebub. In Matthew 24, he's also called Prince of Devils. He's also referred to as the thief. In Revelation 12.9, he's called the serpent of old. That same serpent that was in the garden that deceived Eve, that old serpent. But here's the good news. In Revelation 20 and 10, the devil will be cast into the lake of fire to be tormented day and night. The reason why I'm making that point is this. It's one thing when you fight somebody that you know you can't whip, whoop, or you're not sure. But when you know you can whoop somebody, there's a certain type of confidence level that you have. And you ought to know, based on scripture, that you know you can whoop the devil. Why? Because he's already been defeated, y'all. We don't have to be afraid of the devil because he's already been defeated. Revelation 20.10, one more time. The devil will be cast into the lake of fire to be tormented day and night. Let's discuss the rules of engagement. Anytime you have a war, usually the rules of engagement are discussed between both parties or both armies. And these are the rules. First of all, the rules of engagement is a directive issued by a military authority specifying the circumstances and limitations under which forces will engage in combat with the enemy. What we can use and what we can't use. Back in the days, old gangs used to talk before they fought each other. We're going to use bats and chains or we're going to use hands and knives. And they made a decision what they was going to use and then they fought. So God is going to tell us what you can fight with, what you can't fight with. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So we know we cannot fight in the natural. It's come confirmed we cannot fight a spiritual war in the natural. 
So when you got your wife who ain't saved and you saved, sir, and she's saying this and that and the third to you, using all type of profanity, you can't respond to her in the natural. You gotta respond to her in the spiritual. Sometimes you might not wanna say nothing. You just begin to pray for her. You just begin to bathe her with love and patience and peace. Help us, Lord. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So what, what do strongholds take up residence in your mind? In your mind. And we're talking about spiritual. This stuff takes place in your mind. These strongholds. And the devil, the Bible says, don't give the devil no place. Why? Because he's trying to find a stronghold. He's trying to find an area that's open so he can create a stronghold. Remember, he, he's described as a snake. He's literally, listen to me, he's a slippery, slippery thing. And he's trying to find a crack, listen to me, or a hole, a cool place to take up residence in your life. Yes, he is. And once he finds that place, he wants to create a stronghold. So we cast down arguments and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's telling you how to have control of your mind. Help us, Lord, to take every thought into captivity. You have that thought to say, I'm going to beat that person up. You take it into captivity. Take it up under control. I'm going to cuss that person out. You take that thought into control. I'm going to have sex with somebody who ain't my wife and my husband. You take that thought under control. Take it into captivity. Lock it up. Wow. Take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Make your thoughts obey Christ. Make your mind obey Christ. Ephesians 6, 11, oh, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 18. It says, put on, that's going to tell you what, how we get dressed. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks, the deceitfulness, the schemes, the skill of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. There he goes again. We're not fighting. Not only are we not fighting in the natural, we're not fighting against the natural. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. And who's the God of this age? The devil himself. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Listen, you got to put on everything. Everything. You got to get fully dressed. Are we hearing this? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, having. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Therefore, having to, to, to having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Place above all, taking the shield of faith. Listen, let me go back a little bit. Let me break this down. Let's go back. It says, to stand therefore having girded your waist with the truth. That's your belt, the belt of truth. Keep your you keep your 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 gear up 
with truth, the truth of the gospel, with the truth of God. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you protect your chest, your heart, your, your vital organs, your spiritual vital organs with righteousness. Whose righteousness? His righteousness. Because we walk in His righteousness that's doing what's right. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. Wherever we go, we walk in peace. We can, we can be reassured in Christ. We can depend on God no matter what type of situation, no what type of circumstance around us. Guess what? We can walk in peace. I don't care if you're in the hood or if you're in Beverly Hills. You can walk in peace. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful because you walk with the shoes prepped with the gospel of what? Peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The devil's trying to come at you to, guess what, distract you and take away your faith. Make you disbelieve. Make you doubt in God. But you got the shield of faith. You can quench those fiery darts. And they are fiery. And they are hot. And they will sting. And they will kill you without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must have the shield of faith to protect you from the darts the devil is shooting at you. Of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation. What? The helmet what? What? Understand it. That you're delivered. That God has set you free. Who the Son sets free is, is, is free indeed. Get your head right and remind yourself, I'm saved. I'm free. I'm delivered. Huh? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you, are you a killer or are you a fighter? Which one are you? I can tell you who I am. I'm a killer. You have to understand the devil has been a murderer from the beginning. You cannot just be a fighter and defeat the enemy. You must be a born spiritual killer. And the way you kill the devil is with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Let me tell you something. When a soldier had a sword, that sword was for one thing, offense. Usually we think of defense. Armor, listen. Armor is not just about uh, about defense. Yes, you're defending yourself, but that sword is for offense. That sword is for cutting and stabbing and and not and chopping off heads. For you to listen. For you decapitate the enemy. For you to kill the enemy in your life on a day-to-day basis. It's because you killed them today. You still got them killed tomorrow. Huh? What that sword is for? The sword of the spirit. Wow. Which is the word of God. Got to know the word of God, y'all. We got to have the word of God in our hearts. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Man, my friend Eric been talking about that today. Praying in the spirit. Some things you can't communicate to God in the natural. Help us, Lord. You must communicate them in the spirit. You must use your prayer language to communicate with God so he can communicate back to you. He can let you know what's going on in the spiritual realm. Being watchful to this and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Pray for your, 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 your family. The family of God I'm talking about. 
Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister who's fighting this spiritual war. Let me remind you with this close. Remind you something. In Revelation 20.10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. We have to remember that the devil, his end is going to be in a burning lake of fire for eternity. That's forever and forever. And one more thing. Romans 8.37 says this, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We ain't just conquerors. We're more than that. Through Christ Jesus. And what does the Word of God say? It says we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. I hope I've encouraged somebody. I hope this word has exhorted you. I hope you feel more strengthened, more powerful, that you can make it another day, that you can fight this war knowing that in the end we win. Until the next podcast.